Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, Max is back. Another bittersweet reunion and can Zach impact? It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting hard as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Check us out too on the Sirius XM app and give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Well, Max is back. Max is back. Max is back. It's been since May 5th that we last saw Max Freed get a start. Six innings, five runs against the Baltimore Orioles in a loss um, where he had a couple of home runs given up and seven strikeouts. So it's been a long time coming for Max Fried to get back. And look, this is something that when you look at the Braves and whether or not they were going to make a move to get a starting pitcher and whether or not some deals fell through and worked out or what have you, But this was certainly one of the reasons that Alex Anthopoulos has brought up that the idea of getting Max Fried back and having him healthy and being a part of the rotation maybe didn't necessarily, well, let me me say it like this, (laughs) can't say the words, but didn't make it as necessary to bring in another starting pitching pitcher because, again, they felt like with Max Fried back, they could figure out what their rotation is going to be. And again, eventually, if we get Kyle Wright back at some point, then, okay, now we've got our rotation rounded back out. But this is a big deal. I mean, look, say what you will about Max Fried, but he is the best left-hander in baseball. And for a team that has not had very many left-handed starts this year, and when we go against teams like the Dodgers that are a heavy left-handed lineup, you know, this will be a big deal. Look, again, this is not about trying to win the division. This is not we got to get Max Fried back to win the division and, and pitch well here against the Mets and the Phillies. It's none of that. This is the long term for Max Fried. This this is the long term about, okay, he needs to be in the playoff picture for us. So, again, it's great to have him back. I'll be interested to see how much that they use him again, even if he pitches well. Um, I think his last rehab start was 79 pitches. So he's kind of building up strength. So again, we saw him in the four rehab starts and I'll see, I'll be curious to see just how long that they let him go in. Are they going to pull him after five? Are they going to pull him after a certain number of pitches or what have you? I don't know that they're just going to throw him out there to the wolves and just unrestricted, what have you, but we'll see what happens to it. But again, this is great news. And we've been waiting for this news to, to happen here, right? I mean, we've been waiting for Max Free to get back and say what you will about deadline acquisitions and stuff like that. You know, this is one of the bitter, bigger acquisitions that a team could make. I mean, and I, granted, he obviously pitched a little bit earlier this year and he made, what, six starts and he was 2-1 and one with a 208 ERA. So he was pitching well when he did start. 25 strikeouts in 26 innings, but 
it's only been 26 innings for Max Freed. So this is good news all the way around, and I'm going to be curious to see how long the Snicker lets him, you know, stay in there. Again, assuming that he doesn't get beat up or banged up or what have you like that. But I'm going to be curious to see how long that he stays in tonight. And look, we need Max Freed. You know, when we talk about, you know, Elder and Strider and guys like that, I mean, no doubt that they 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 really did a great job of holding down the fort. And I give them a lot of credit. I mean, Elder, Strider, Morton especially. Those three guys really held down the fort. They stayed healthy. Two of those guys were all-stars, and they did what they had to do. <clears throat> and they've gotten the Braves through all this. And now we feel like we start to see some light at the end of the tunnel, right, for the Braves as far as getting healthier and, and getting our roster to full form. Can you imagine with this offense if Max Freed, I mean, look, even Max Freed this year, was two and one in five starts with a 208 ERA. And he was striking out a good bit of guys with a what? Uh, and, and I think he had what? He had a, a 4.17 strikeout to walk ratio, <clears throat> striking out um, 8.7 guys per nine innings, which is his biggest since 2019. So if you can get that kind of performance out of Max Freed, a two and a half ERA, striking out almost nine guys per per nine innings, over four walks, uh, four strikeouts per walk, should say. If you can get that kind of performance, I mean, again, this is not going to be about the division. This is going to be about we're going to be the best team in baseball, and we're going to be have a team that and a rotation that you feel like we can take on anybody. Now, again, health is going to be a big part of this, right? We went into last year's playoffs thinking, okay, we're in good shape, and then. Max Fried ended up getting sick. Spencer Strider was beat up and things just fell apart. And we lost the Phillies. Can't have that this year. Now, this can't be can't be the same kind of situation. So and now it'll be, you know, a matter of, okay, can Kyle Wright find his way back into the starting rotation? But even if he doesn't, we've talked about this repeatedly on the podcast that if you can get four solid starters in your rotation, you can kind of figure out that fifth starter because you don't always need five guys and you can figure out a rookie or a bullpen game or whatever. You don't tax out your, your pitching staff when you've got at least four solid starters. But again, when you get into three solid starters, now you're talking about we've got to find multiple ways to pitch young guys or multiple bullpen games. And we saw all that, right? I mean, we saw that that the Braves were kind of floundering around at times trying to find enough starting pitching and you can't have enough starting pitching. So again, I'm, I love Max Freed. He's one of my favorite players on this team. I wish he could hit uh, again. And I wish he could be back to, you know, winning silver sluggers in the you know batting department. But again, this is great news all the way around that Max Freed is now going to be back with this team. And again, let's see what he's got because they do need him. And, and when we start talking about matchups, moving forward in the playoffs and things like that, especially the Dodgers who always feature a very left-handed heavy lineup, right? The Freeds and, or sorry, the, um, the Freemans and the Muncies and guys like that, they feature a very heavy left-handed lineup. <clears throat> That's where we're going to need a Max Freed to come in. That's where we're going to need a Brad hand to come in. So all of this is about bigger fish to fry than just winning the division because it's been over for a while now. Y'all believe me now that the division is over? Because again, this has been ridiculous how 
how whether the Braves played well or Braves played bad, nobody can chop onto the to the Braves lead uh, at, at this point. So again, great news all the way around from Max Fried. I'm glad that he's back and let's see what he's got starting tonight. And hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, is that he can stay healthy and be an impact for this pitching staff. All right, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel as you're betting on Major League Baseball here in the second half of the season and we're headed down the home stretch. FanDuel's giving you opportunity to get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. So that's right. You can just bet 20 bucks at FanDuel and you'll get $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or whether you lose. That's $200 you can spend on everything from money lines to over-unders to who you think is going to hit the first home run. And obviously with FanDuel, it's a safe, secure, super easy to use app. And the best part is the fact that when you win, you get paid instantly. Yes, instantly when you win. No better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So head over to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel's the official partner of Major League Baseball. So the other part of the Braves being in Chicago is the fact that this is another one of those bittersweet reunions where for the first time, and think about how crazy this is, it's August 4th, 2023. Braves are 100-plus games into the season, and we're finally going to see a reuniting of Dansby Swanson and the Atlanta Braves. Um, I had to laugh because uh, Dansby had a quote talking about uh, his wife, Mallory, who's a obviously an MLS player, and that was part of the deal about, you know, you know, being in Chicago because she's with the Chicago team for ML for women's MLS or what or not not an MLS, but but for the women's professional league or what have you. But he joked about the idea that uh, he said that Mallory said, "If I cry like a bee, I'm going to be sleeping on the couch for a week." Um, and obviously, look, this is a fun reuniting. I mean, again, it it, it feels a little bit different from the Freddie Freeman stuff, right? Because at the time, and, and again, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but let's go back into the time frame of all of this in the immediate moment. You know, people were frustrated because they thought that, one, Freddie Freeman should have been here. Two, is that Freddie's agent gave him bad advice about being here and this, that, and the other. And three is the fact that, you know, it, it seemed like that the... It, it seemed like that there was a disconnect between the Braves and Freeman about this contract situation where, you know, one side said this, one side said that. So, again, there was sort of a bitter taste in the mouth about uh, the Freddie Freeman deal as far as the public perception of it. Now, with Dansby Swanson, look, we know that that this was all about the money, Right. The Braves did not want to offer him that kind of a contract that he got. What did he get, like $177 million from the Cubs? Um, they were not going to offer that kind of deal, and they allowed him to walk. And, it look, it turns out that Orlando Arcia has had a really good year. And, again, I know a lot of people like to compare Dansby Swanson and Orlando Arcia and the production that they're getting in this and the other. But, again, 
this is also about the long game. Okay. I mean, they, they didn't pay Dansby Swanson one year, $30 million to just be the shortstop for them. Again, he's still a, a, an elite defensive player. He is having a good year. I mean, again, he may not be having some of the year that he had last year with the, uh, with the uh, Braves, but again, 16 homers, 51 RBI, 51 runs scored, hitting 265, 348 on base percentage. And believe it or not, he's got a 799 OPS, which was even better than his year last year, where he scored 99 runs and drove in 96, where he had a 776 OPS. In fact, the 779 OPS is his highest since 2020 in the pandemic year when he had an 809 OPS. And short of that, that's been his best season ever. So again, he's been an all-star it's not like that he's been a bad player. He is what he is, right? He's an elite defensive player. He gives you some good pop out of the shortstop uh, position. He can hit second. He can steal your bases. He can do a lot of different things. It's just that for $3 million, we have you know hit the lottery on the bargain basement part of things to be able to have a guy like Orlando Arcia have the kind of production that he has had. Right. I mean, again, and, and look, if anybody tells you that you, you saw this coming with Arcia, they're lying to you. I mean, let's face it. I mean, there's nobody that thought that Orlando Arcia was going to be. I mean, again, we had Vaughn Grissom penciled in, you know, at that spot. I mean, <laughs> that was that was the guy who was going to be our starting shortstop and things didn't work themselves out. But Arcia's had a monster year, right? 296, 11 homers, 38 RBI, scored 45 runs. And by the way, Missing 20-something games, 350 on base. He's got a 798 OPS, one point less than what Dansby has got this year. So, again, everything worked itself out as far as the Dansby-Swanson deal and what have you. And and I don't know that there was this kind of bitterness that was with the Freddie Freeman situation where you felt like, gosh, Freddie should have been. Now, look, people emotionally thought that Dansby Swanson should have been here. People emotionally thought that, hey, they should offer Dansby a big-time contract and this, then, the other. But again, when you look at the kind of money that the Braves are putting out, they felt like that $170-plus million for their starting shortstop wasn't a good value. And, and maybe in hindsight that was right. I don't know. I mean, we'll 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 judge this contract and – and the signing or lack thereof over the next several years. You know, if Orlando Arcia continues to play at this kind of level, then you feel like you got the bargain of the decade. But, I mean, if he starts to fall flat on his face, then you're like, okay, well, you know, we we needed a better shortstop upgrade. But, you know, Arcia is going to – Arcia at least, if nothing else, whether he hits or doesn't hit, because the offense was a big, big plus and a big bonus for Arcia this year but you know that he's going to be a solid defensive shortstop. So whether it's Grissom long-term, whether it's Arcia, you know, long-term, that will all be determined and, and we'll see. But it doesn't feel like that there's sort of the bitterness of the departure of Freddie uh, between uh, Swanson and, and the Braves. It doesn't feel like it's that because, again, the Braves were not going to pay him that kind of money that the Cubs offered him. And remember, this was – in the middle of this big run on shortstops and things like that, right? Where shortstops were getting the Trey Turners and stuff. I mean, they were getting big time amounts of money and Dansby was just the next guy in line, right? Whether he's worth it or not, doesn't really matter. It's always about if you're next in line. 
So it'll be fun to see Dansby again. You know, he'll be doing all the photo ops and all this kind of stuff. At least we won't have to see kids from Dansby, like, you know, what uh, what uh, Freddie's uh, son, you know, Charlie, uh, right? I mean, running around. I mean, we won't get bombarded with all those photos and everything. Like that. Yes, I'm a hater. I'm, I'm, I fully admit to all that. So, but, but again, it will be good to see Dansby Swanson. And look, the Cubs are, you know, they are what they are. They're a game or two above 500. They're just kind of fledgling around um they spend a lot of money to upgrade their roster things really haven't worked themselves out i mean you know it just kind of is what it is you know again it wasn't a matter of that he thought the cubs were a better organization nobody was better than the atlanta braves but if your employer is not willing to play pay you that kind of money and by the way his wife did factor in to all of this that she was going to end up in chicago and that was part of the deal so Again, there's bigger family things and stuff like that that went along with this. But again, I'm not mad at Dansby Swanson for taking 170 something million dollars, right? If you have one team that's going to offer you 100 million dollars and one team that's going to offer you 177, you take the 177 all day long because the amount of money that's guaranteed is, oh, yeah, 100 percent guaranteed. You take the money all day long. So not mad at Dansby for it not not mad about you know this it doesn't feel like that this is a kind of you know reunion where gosh he should have been here and been in a brace uniform i get it this business at the end of the day it's a business decision and the braves decided not to invest the kind of money in dansby swanson that they were going to have to fork out and rc has worked out pretty well i think so again at all parties involved, it, it worked itself out, and we move on. And now Dansby and the Braves can have their photo ops and reuniting. All right, as you make uh, Hitting Hard your first listen, be sure to go in and leave us a comment on whatever podcast platform that you listen to, and let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. So let us know. We call them our everydayers, and we thank you so much for being a part of our community. But let us know on whatever platform that you listen on in the comments section that you're an everyday or five days a week to our show. So can Zach Harrison make an impact by all in indications is that we're seeing Zach Harrison really have some nice moments in, in training camp. And, and he's had a couple of uh, different moments, you know, through this process. But again, the third round rookie um, drafted out of Ohio state. Um, you know, I'll say this about, about Zach Harrison. And, and this is what I've been told by folks that cover Ohio state and different things like this. when, when Zach Harrison is motivated and, and he wants to play really well, he'll play really well. And I'm not saying that he doesn't have a good motor or anything like that, but there were certainly times when maybe Zach Harrison should have been better for Ohio State. I mean, he was a five-star recruit, a huge recruit coming just north northeast of the Columbus area. Huge five-star recruit. He did make second team, you know, all Big Ten. If you look at his collegiate numbers, they don't eye pop. They don't, they don't wow you the numbers that jump off the page for him. But he was a solid player for, for the, uh, and again, you saw in the Peach Bowl against Georgia that, you know, he blew that defense up. When Zach Harrison is focused and ready to dominate, Zach Harrison can dominate. And we'll see at the NFL level. Look, I mean, again, there's always these questions about, you know, draft picks that come in. <clears throat> and whether or not once they get some money, are they going to be as motivated? But Zach Harrison feels like a guy that is motivated. And look, 
can he have an impact on this defense? I mean, we are when when I say that we are desperately looking for pass rushing help, we are desperately looking for pass rushing help. We can't have enough guys that sack the quarterback. And by the way, we don't have enough of those guys to sack the quarterback. We don't have any fire breathers coming off the edge. We'll see if Katie can be a guy like that or what have you, or Zach Harrison can be a guy like that. We'll see. But right now, we don't have that fire breather coming off the edge. We don't have that guy that puts all kinds of pressure on the quarterback right now. So hopefully, you know, and again, I'm going to be curious to see what his rotation is going to be because we've seen whether it's Ebicady or Richie Grant, we've seen defensive rookies come into this team and sort of be treated with some kit gloves or or not thrown to the wolves. Now, look, that was the Dan or sorry, the, the Dean Pease era of defense, but even with Ryan Nielsen, if Arthur Smith is not going to toss guys to the wolves and he's not going to toss guys to the wolves, but we'll see how much Ryan Nielsen play some of his rookies, whether it's Clark Phillips or whether it's Zach Harrison, we'll see how much he gets his rookies into the rotation. But for the last couple of years, our rookies have not exactly been thrown out to the wolves and, and been exposed and shown other flaws and weaknesses and just run right out there. It's been methodical about how our rookies on defense, especially have been used and Grant and Katie are two perfect examples, two second round picks that Richie Grant played 20% of the snaps as a second round pick. Katie didn't have but one start last year. Played a good percentage, but I mean, didn't have but one start for the season last year. Should have had more starts, but that's another issue for another day. But anyway, um, so can Zach Harrison come in here? If he's focused and motivated and, and wants to be great, he'll be great. He's that a level of player. He's got that much talent. You know, again, he doesn't have eye-popping stats and things like that, but you never know about these guys when they transition into the NFL. They could come in here and just be beasts. Now, again, when you're talking about big-time edge rushers, most all of those guys come from the first round. You can say, well, you know, there's – okay, all right. Again, we've talked about this on the show. 70% of the top 10 active pass rushers – active I should say active sack leaders in the NFL – our first round picks, 70% of the top 20 active sack leaders in the NFL are first round picks, 70% of the top 25 active sack leaders in the NFL are first round picks. So history tells you that he may not be the fire breather that we want, you know, the Miles Garrett's or the Bosa's or guys like that, but can he be a, a, a big piece of our defensive front? Absolutely. Look, I, if David, if, if Harris, sorry, Zach Harrison can find him himself to even three, four, five sacks, I'll take that all day long. Because again, the magical number that we're trying to get to is 40. We're trying to get to 40 sacks, right? Trying to be a playoff caliber defense, get to 40 sacks. If we can get four, five sacks out of Zach Harrison, I'll take that all day long. That would be a productive rookie year. Remember, Eva Katie only had two sacks last year. So, again, for as much as he played and as well as he played, the net result was he only had two sacks. So if Zach Harrison can come in and give us three, four, five sacks, I'll take that all day long. 
I'll take that all day long. And maybe he's a diamond in the rough. Again, he's an outstanding talent. He was a huge recruit coming out of high school. And, and again, he was a guy who was a second team all Big Ten player. But if Zach Harrison, I mean, this is what I've been told. If Zach Harrison wants to be great, he'll be great. If he puts it all together and decides that he wants to be a top player, he can be a top player. You know, again, if he would have had everything come together, there's no doubt that he couldn't have he could have been a first round type of draft pick. But we'll see what happens at the end of the day. We'll see if Zach Harrison can come in and make an impact. But if he even gives us three, four, five sacks, brother, I'll be more than happy with all of that. All right, thank you so much for making Hit and Hard your first listen. Be sure to go into whatever podcast platform that you listen to and let us know that you're an everyday listener to the show, five days a week that you listen in. We call them our everydayers, and we thank you so much for being a part of our growing community. You can check us out on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe for free and get the latest episodes of Hit and Hard as soon as they become available. Check us out on the SiriusXM app as well, and follow me on my personal Twitter page, at JMCH. Three one six. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. 